that's the difference you know you no one else it's such a cliche line but like no one is you and that's your superpower Mm -hmm. and if you have that if you can really trust yourself step into that and and nurture and honor that then it doesn't matter whether we're talking 10 years ago or in 100 years time like that is your power Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I am joined by an author, Lululemon resident ambassador and yoga teacher who hosts her own retreats around the world. She believes that the concept of wellness is individual. There is no one size that fits all. She shares practical tools and life hacks to help us all live a healthier, happier life. I've been to her yoga class many times here in London and I can honestly say that it is one of my favourite classes to date. Welcome to the studio, author of Mind Body Bowl, Annie Clark. Hi, what an introduction. Thank you so much. That's very generous. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. As always, I've got so many things that I want to talk to you about. And I actually remember talking to you about the idea for this podcast last year when we were together in Turkey at the Hillside Beach Club. And um, we were both teaching there. And yeah, it's been on my list ever since to get you in. Yeah, it's so exciting. I'm so, so pleased to see it come into fruition. It's amazing. Well done. Thank you. The time's gone so quickly. So quickly. Yeah. So many interviews. <laughs> (laughs) Um, So today we're going to talk about how you've created a career around your passion, your book, Mind, Body, Bowl, and all of the wonderful tools and hacks that you teach. Scrolling through your website, there is so much valuable info and advice from recipes to travel, sustainable shoe shopping, yoga, breathwork videos, tutorials. There's so much, you do so much work and it's all available for free. So honestly, I would really encourage you listeners to check out Annie's website to dive into her content because it's so thorough and detailed and there's just so many yeah hacks and tools to help us live healthier and happier I'm glad you think that that's totally my mission I just want to empower people to be able to take control of their own well-being whatever look that looks like for them yeah yeah so I think it's a really good place to start your site because often I think in the wellness space there's so much information and there's so much you know trends and fads and info and I think for someone who lives and you know I'm always trying to find out more learn more you sometimes I am guilty of assuming that other people know you know everyone knows about this everyone knows about that but actually they don't and so yeah I think it's a really great place to start with well whatever whatever stage you are in your journey there's just so much info there so before we dive into it all can you take us back to the start of your journey and how and why you first got started Yeah, absolutely. I started many moons ago when I um, realised that I needed to take responsibility for my own well-being. And I was, like you said, there's this wealth of information, much less so than there is today, but I felt really overwhelmed by all of the different things that I could try in order to try and make myself feel better. I had um, issues with my digestion, it really impacted my energy, and I was just really not feeling my best. And I don't think I realised how awful I felt until I made myself feel better. Mm. Um, 
but I definitely knew that something wasn't right. Um, how, how old were you then? Was it like school, university? It was uh, at university as I was coming out of university. Um, sure. And I thought I was a fairly he- healthy student, but I think that was based on quite a limited um, a limited understanding of what um, it meant to be healthy. And I definitely still partied um, my way through as well. So it was, um, I got to the point where I realised something had to change, but I didn't really know where to start. And I started looking and exploring and trying to find all these um, different uh different ideas about what to do and and it was almost like I was copying and pasting them and trying to take what was working for other people and pasting them onto my own life and nothing everything made me feel a little bit better but nothing really stuck and I started to realize that actually none of these programs were actually designed for me whether it was a program an idea not really a diet but just you know any of these fads or uh, practices and actually the only way I was ever going to be able to find my best version of myself was actually to kind of channel inwards a little bit and start to get more connected with myself my physical and mental well-being and start to read from the inside out rather than the other way around and I guess through all of that the through all of those shifts and changes and explorations the thing that became my constant was my yoga practice and so I kept finding myself coming back to the mat um and I don't think I really knew why. I found yoga so boring when I started. But as I was getting more excited and curious about my own well-being, it just stopped feeling like that and started to feel like a bit of a, um, a haven and a laboratory for this exploration and a mirror. All this stuff was coming up and um, and I got kind of excited about it. And um, and yeah, the rest is history. don't think I ever thought I'd be a, a yoga teacher, but, but here I am. Yeah, I was super surprised then to hear you say that you found yoga boring to start with because I've said that before and people are like, it's almost like the yoga community. People are like, wince, <gasps> how dare you? You know, because I'm like, oh, yoga, like sometimes just standing there is so boring um but yeah I guess I, I I don't feel like that now I do enjoy some some kind of practices but it has to be for me like power and movement and flow yeah, and like that's vinyasa familiar, right and, yeah that's that's like the movement and your day-to-day like you're so busy and that that familiarity makes it more accessible to you and, and I I was the same I had to do something that was you know I'm a I'm not ashamed to admit it because it was my way in, but I, it's definitely not a practice I would do now. I, I started with hot yoga, Bikram yoga, um, and that was the type of yoga that suddenly shifted my perspective on what yoga was because I could. it was more familiar to me. And then as my practice deepened and as I found um, different kind of levels to it, then I started to move out of that kind of practice and into something else, and, and it's been this continuous um journey and I imagine it will continue to evolve um but that familiarity is what what makes it accessible and I think we have to you know I if it wasn't for those type of practices I wouldn't be where I am now Mm. and so it's finding what works for you and feels good for you and if that's power and if it's a then go for it because that's so much better than than not doing anything and shying away from it but just because it feels too challenging and different mm. yeah okay that's interesting that's good to that's good to know I can still I can still enjoy <laughs> yeah. yoga my way yeah um and also so what else did you so at that time like going back again so when you you know you said you're at uni and you're partying and maybe you didn't feel healthy you might have had you know, the gut issues and so you were doing yoga which was obviously the physical practice and um, what other changes um did you make at the time like was it gradual was it an overnight change so for me it was 
completely 360 overnight and that's definitely not something that I advocate for most people it's something that I just did I I was fairly um well read around it by this point and I just got to, but I was just so frustrated that I was just like right it has to be now and I I I'm a bit kind of all or nothing anyway. I found it much easier to just cut things out of my life, whether that's whether it's talking about my diet or whatever. Um, it's much easier for me to do that than to reduce it. I don't really have the discipline to be more controlled about it. And I thought like the only way that I can really see if this is going to help is just to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely not something that everyone should go for like overnight without without being supported through that by someone um, qualified to help them do it. But it's something that really worked for me. And then, um, and everything was much stricter. You know, I I was much stricter. It was a lot harder to find foods that didn't contain the, the things that were irritating me. So like the classic sort of dairy, gluten, sugars. Sugar was a big thing for me. Um, I didn't really see myself as a sugar monster, but it was just in so much stuff and I didn't realise and that was really unsettling my gut. So all of those things, it was very hard to find um, alternatives for at that time. And so I just cut them out and didn't replace them. Um, And very, very quickly after years of feeling terrible, I, in about six weeks, I was like 60% better um and then I saw a naturopathic nutritionist who helped me get my gut back in balance and and it was almost like I totally reset myself um and it was it was brilliant but I realized that it was so empowering to know that I could do that for myself um and that definitely sparked an interest so it was a lot of the food stuff and 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 you know the wellness industry in London was really taking off at the time so as you'll remember Mm -hmm. um and it was you know a brilliant opportunity to get really involved in all of that and I loved it and I really really enjoyed this kind of new lifestyle that I created for myself and none of my my friends cared about it at all they were not interested um and that's kind of how I started with my blog and uh and instagram and things because it was almost like my just outlet but i was living with my parents at the time they did not want to talk about like the my new findings and curiosities so that was kind of where i started and i found this community who were into the same thing as me didn't make me feel weird um and um yeah i feel really lucky to have been a part of that in its kind of foundation Mm, yeah for sure i mean it's absolutely exploded and you released your book mind body bowl back in 2012 and even at that later than that bit later yeah so i started my blog in 2012 good memory though um and then the book came out in 2017 oh yeah so yeah, I started writing it in 2015. Yeah, so around the, the time you started your blog then, uh, at that time there weren't as many people, you know, as you said, in the wellness space that were talking about the power of, you know, a plant-based diet, talking about um, sleep as much, talking about lifestyle factors, movement, all of these things have just gone mainstream, I think, in the last, especially the last like 12 to 24 months. Uh, so what do you think was the catalyst for the shift in culture when it comes to embracing wellness? You know, I think that feeling good is addictive when you find the things that make you feel good you might shift away from them for a certain amount of time but they will magnetize you back at some point and I always say that to my students you know in the yoga studio I'm like 
if you go away from your yoga practice for a little while, it doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're shifting, we're flowing and we're evolving and practices will come and go. Um, for some of us, we'll be incredibly committed to things for the rest of our lives. Um, but it's okay to have like a fluid relationship with all these things because ultimately we'll always come back to our center and the practices support that support that will always be there and available to us. And so I think people... I remember in you know back in sort of 2012 2013 and people saying do you think this is this industry is going to just boom and crash and 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 people are going to be over it is it all just a big fad and we all really you know strongly felt like actually it wasn't going anywhere because people feeling good is going to breed further interest in in what we're doing and you know we don't have to do everything but what I'm really passionate about is empowering people to find the bits that work for them and and also giving them permission for that to change you know mm. what my wellness practices looked like in in those early years is so different to what it looks like today mm. um, and I'm really I'm really glad for that evolution and and to be able to kind of give myself permission to 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 grow Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's kind of been glamorized and it's been made cool and it's been made, you know, I think, you know, think back to say like the 90s and it was all about like booze and fags and like sex, drugs, rock and roll, like the whole kind of just trash yourself and it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Whereas totally. I think it's definitely become really glamorized to kind of, yeah, like you said, it's not, it's just cool now. People want to be able to, yeah, feel good. They want to eat food that makes them feel good. They want to, even now the the rise on non-alcoholic alcohol, you know, like non-alcoholic yeah. gin, non-alcoholic beer. Apparently that is like a booming sector right now totally. um, for like mainstream um well, it's becoming to Consumer. be. It's becoming more um, socially acceptable to be sober. Oh, for sure. Um, and it's kind of mad that it wasn't before. Mm. Um, but, but it's we're all evolving through the process together. Mm. Um, and I'm really glad to be of a time where kind of you know there is more acceptance of people figuring their own way out. And mm. and you know what you do doesn't have to be what I do as yeah. long as you feel your best or doing the things that make you feel good then I can really support that even if it looks different yeah to, I think to, to me. apparently the gen z and the millennials are the the generation drinking less than their parents and apparently 24 percent of gen z say that they are teetotal which, which is amazing which is mad when you yeah. think they're the, they're the university students yeah they're the people who used to drink the most yeah I definitely would have had a different experience at university I think <laughs> yeah if you were going that <laughs> I probably would have left with a degree which I didn't do so <laughs> brilliant <laughs> So you're also, you're a yoga teacher and as well as teaching at studios here in London, you also teach at and host your retreats and, and you teach at wellness clubs around the world, plus creating content for your blog and your email newsletter and filming your YouTube channel. It is a lot of work. And I often hear people say, I'm sure you've heard this before, Annie. Oh, you know, I'm really stressed out. My job is like super stressful. I like work in the city and I'm just going to one day, the dream is to just quit my job and I'll just be a yoga teacher because you know this is not hard work like, I'll just do that so which of course I encourage people if that is their passion then of course you know you should pursue that um but let's not pretend that it's not hard work so Annie I'd love to know how have you created a career as a yoga teacher and what would your advice be to anyone who's listening who maybe wants to follow in a similar path so yes I definitely have heard that I get multiple emails that sound very much like that every week um and I also ha um, have a mentor group where I um have brought together a community of yoga teachers who are perhaps a little bit newer 
um, to teaching than I am and have reached out looking for support and rather than trying to spread myself super thin I've kind of created this community whereby um, it's kind of peer mentoring between them and I check in with them along the way um, and it's really interesting because it's the thing that comes up so much and every, most of them have left their kind of city jobs or whatever they were doing before and have been looking for a career change really loved yoga so chose to become a yoga teacher and then they find themselves landed in um, in this kind of new role and it's it's not necessarily what it cracked up to be and the kind of full disclosure it is I absolutely adore what I do and I feel so honoured to to have the job that I have. But in reality, um, people say, are you a full-time yoga teacher? And I am, but my my teaching exists beyond my classes. And I'm very, I always try and recommend to people that they have something um, that goes alongside their teaching so that it can still remain a passion so that it does empower you to um, make choices about where you teach what you teach um, and so that you can really put your magic into it without being swept up in um, it becoming the method that pays your bills mm. um, I'm incredibly fortunate that um, that I have the sort of other side to my business and my career um, which interlinks with it so closely um, but um, but yeah it's uh, it, it looks very different to how people think it does on the outside and I think there's a um, I absolutely like you said would would want to encourage anybody to kind of follow their dreams and never ever ever do anything that crushes that but I am very cautious to be very real, realistic about it and you know, you find it's funny when you're kind of working for yourself and you're creating your own business, you are on like the steepest learning curve every single day. And I'm so sure that the the highs are higher, but the lows are lower and mm. um, your mistakes, you know, you're constantly holding yourself accountable to your mistakes. And it's very challenging to take time to re remember your successes among that and, and figuring that all out and setting your boundaries. It's just it's not that kind of one-liner that you look at when it's like, I'm going to quit my job and be a yoga teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's so much to it. And, yeah. and, and and it's wonderful. It's, you know, it's it's brilliant. But there but there are some real challenges among mm. it as well. Yeah. Um, I think realistic is, is a good word. And I think, you know, I know we've spoken before about when you first started and if, if when people start, if they need to take on loads of classes and they or they feel the need to, you might be teaching really early in the morning and you might be travelling across London and going to another studio and another studio and you know it's kind of seems a bit contradictory to the kind of you know you've got to hold that space for people you know they might be coming out of something stressful but you're also then stressed rushing got to get to the studio got to do that you know so I think yeah I think realistic is probably the word and people I guess having an expectation of like you said how many classes could they really teach in yeah. a day in a week etc yeah totally and you know the, the the most amazing thing in this whole um in the, in our time of of this wellness boom is that more and more people are wanting to do yoga to work out to be conscious about what they're they're doing and a big part of the yoga practice for me is actually what how we translate what we're doing on the mat off the mat and and that's because that's where the yoga really counts and actually a lot of the time you're doing more yoga when you're in doing the other things that you're doing and, and how can you be you know if you're going to be a teach a yoga teacher or a you know um 
uh, a sharer of this practice, how can you do that in all aspects of your life rather than just thinking, right, how many classes I'm going to do? How mm. many, you know, how many students can I get to every week? It's like, how can I let this actually be my lifestyle and find a way to support not only my students through my work, but also ensure that it's not at the detriment to what I started this with which was a passion for my practice and my own well-being yeah definitely mm. and you touched you said then about you know so many people want to do this now and do you you might get this as well often people will say to me oh Adrienne like I feel like it's too late for me to start that start something because it's like saturated now so whether that's the fitness space whether that's yoga teaching whether that's starting a blog or a podcast you know it's kind of people go oh am I am I too late to kind of get involved what do you think I think no, no one is ever too late for anything. Um, there's a really beautiful quote that I won't hash up and get wrong, um, but I, I come back to it a lot and it's all about everyone being on their own time zone and it's beautiful. I wish I could recite it. I, I've shared it in so many classes and mm. yet I still don't trust myself to get it what, word for word. What's the concept of it? But the concept of it is like, you know, Paris is an hour ahead and New York is however many hours behind it doesn't mean that they're early that you're you know you might be um one person's married with kids another might be starting their own business the other's a CEO it doesn't mean anyone's late anyone's early we're all just in our own time and operating on our own time zone and I really I really really love that and I think you know it's very easy to get swept up in kind of the the fashion or the wave and the movement and actually forget where you are in in your time and I I go through um waves in the way that I work as well where sometimes I'm like really ready to share and then I kind of um huddle back in and I'm really kind of quiet and um and almost like nesting and and creating and just uh burrowing away to try and um to refuel myself and and find what it is that I want to share again and then I come back out and it's you know it's like the seasons right it's not everything's always consistent and but you can work in your own rhythm and I really really um I really believe that so I never I don't think it's late but one I don't think it's too late for anybody to do anything um but one of the things that I feel really passionately at the about at the moment um, and a project that I'm working on is to empower people to step into their own magic because one of the things that I've observed in um, and this this relates to my yoga teachers but also I've then sort of taken the ob- observation beyond so these wonderful people that I mentor have come back from doing their 200 hour teacher training which is what you what you need to do to get your um, uh, qualification to teach yoga and then they sort of step into a classroom and they're sort of regurgitating what they've learned because they're too uh, nervous to step away from the script. Um, or not the script, you know, not the mm. script, but what they've learned and, and they want to get it right. Um, rather than trusting in the, their own magic. And I think the difference between, um, and again, this relates directly to these yoga teachers but I think we can transfer it beyond that I think the difference between um, a teacher and a great teacher is is someone that's that's really just trusting in this like innate wisdom that's that's within them and using that to become getting the ego out the way and using that inner wisdom to be the vessel of of sharing of whatever it is that you're sharing and so one of the projects that I'm working on at the moment is um is to really empower people to step into that Mm. um because 
that that's the difference you know you no one else it's such a cliche line but like no one is you and that's your superpower Mm -hmm. and if you have that if you can really trust yourself step into that and and nurture and honor that then it doesn't matter whether we're talking 10 years ago or in 100 years time like that is your power and Mm. and you have you're on your own time scale with that Yes, mm. I love that. Yeah, I I really agree. And I, I recorded a voice note actually for the podcast, which was about everyone has a story. And so as you just said then about your own, you know, whether that is your own way of teaching or your own voice on a podcast or your own way of writing. It's like you said, it's not, it doesn't have to be this way in this structure. It's But it takes a lot of confidence, I think, to find that and go, uh, you know, I said in the voice note, everyone has a story, everyone has a unique perspective. And so whatever your unique perspective is, is valuable mm. to someone somewhere and to yourself. Um, but it does, I think, takes time maybe. Totally. Um, and maybe age, I don't know, to, to get that confidence to go, this is how I do it. And that's great. That's, yeah. I've got this. You know? And I think, yeah, it does take a lot of like trust to just be like, okay, I've got this. And it doesn't matter whether... One person gets on board of this or a million people do. I'm mm. just going to do this because it's what I believe in. And I think that's when like your your motive and your authenticity really um, speaks for so much. Because if you just are following what is right by your, you know, by you, then it doesn't matter what the, how you do. I think that is success, you know, mm. to be able to, to create and craft something um, with pure authenticity that is pure success really yeah and as you said doesn't matter if it's one person that you Mm. impact or one million because I think you know I love social media I'm I'm always talking about how positive the communities are that that are created there you know how it's democratized our voices how it's given platforms to so many people myself included who wouldn't have even been in the room before Mm. Um, however I think I'm one of the real downsides I think is the whole metric measurements and as you said if someone sees that oh, okay this has had like 3,000 views well is that means that I'm doing a good job or if it's had 30 views does that mean that it's rubbish and I think that is what sometimes puts people off it's not about them saying oh Adrian am I too late to start a blog or too late to retrain but it's more that metric measurement I think it puts pressure on people because then Excellent. they just go well no one's seen it or I don't have as many followers and yeah I think that can be um just a I don't know like a a limiting factor for a lot of people totally and actually when I when I published my book it was something that I really struggled with because I'd grown a social media following before that and in fact the most kind of exponential growth that I it's definitely tapered off for me um over the last few years and but it was really exponent exponential in those in those beginning years but I didn't care I just you know it was all about kind of sharing and learning and developing and growing you know as as a person and as my craft in my craft um and then suddenly I had this book and these publishers saying right we need you to sell x number of copies and we need this and we need that and I found it really really stressful Mm. because someone I've shared what I'm so proud of sharing and I've put it in um within you know within the pushback that I got about certain bits of artwork and photography which you know another another challenge and story that we don't need to go into but in terms of what was in you know the what I'd written I was so proud of it and I was like I don't mind if if this if one person reads this and it makes an impact on them then that's my job done whereas the publishers are like well we need you to sell this many copies of that and I yeah yeah, and it's it's uh, and that wasn't even public so I can see how from like a when these numbers are all public as well that it adds that that new level of pressure as well that people aren't necessarily um 
up for yeah and it's a shame i kind of think just yeah as you said forget about it and just uh stay true to your your mission totally. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I'd love to talk to you, Annie, about the power hour. I would love to know what time you get up in the morning and what your power hour includes. I, I've really been looking forward to this part of the show. So over to you. So I said a few moments ago that my kind of wellness practices have shifted over the last few years. I have always been a morning person. And actually, in between that partying that I did all those many years ago, um, I did used to get up so early at university. I used to get up about 4.30 in the morning and study then when there was no distractions. So Mm -hmm. those early hours, the quiet hours have always been um, my kind of time to really uh, get productive. But in that, uh, over the last few years, I, when I first started teaching, I was like, right, I'm a morning person. I should take on all these early morning classes. And I, I realized that by doing that, I was diving straight into work from the minute that I woke up. And then it wouldn't stop until 11 o'clock at night. So I've started to to shift towards saving that energy in the mornings to really um, nurture myself. And so because I, you know, different different days do look slightly differently for me. I have more of a routine that's that's over the week. But I've shifted away from teaching first thing. Um, what time would first thing be before? So I used to teach four, six, thirty a.m.s and one seven a.m. every week, um, which I don't do. I've one, I've got one seven a.m. now. But mm-hmm. um, but other than that, the mornings are the mornings are mine. Yeah. Um, and I tend to set my alarm at. Um, about 5.15 or some days I will um, if I go to bed late I'll let that let that shift because I've really started to to understand the importance of sleep within within the bigger picture as well Um, but I'll start my day as slowly as I can and rather than using that to teach or to go for a high intensity workout I'll usually get up I bought a Lumi lamp which not sponsored, but has genuinely changed my life. Mm-hmm. I am totally obsessed with them. They're, they they wake you up with, with light. I don't know if you've ever used one, but you set the alarm and for about sort of the half hour beforehand, it gets lighter and lighter and lighter. And it even makes a difference, even if I sleep with my windows open, it's, mm. you know, my curtains open. Um, and I always wake up before the alarm, which is just the best feeling mm. to not have that really abrupt cortisol hit of like the stress of your alarm going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly it. I've been trying to kind of go for these like low cortisol mornings. So I'll get up. Um, I normally journal. Um, I might sit for a few minutes um, in meditation. Um, although I have to admit that my consistency around that isn't isn't as as strong as I'd like it to be. Um, because I'm I'm very aware of the benefits of consistency, and it's something I've always struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, for me, my journaling is a real. Um, 
a real practice that has been been pretty life-changing for me. Um, I really want to get into that a little bit, especially yeah. as you said practice, because I also journal and I'm not consistent with it. But when I travel, I tend to do it more. Yes. So whether that's because I'm on holiday and I don't have the same structure, whether it's because I'm on my own, maybe if I'm traveling for work, I journal a lot more. And it doesn't always come naturally to me. So it's almost like a chore that like the night before I like get the journal out, I put the thing and I'm like, oh God, I've got to think of something. So do you have any, like what would be a good tool for someone who maybe has heard lots of people talk about journaling? Do you have something in mind that you're like, right, I'm going to write about this? Or do you just start off with an empty page? Do you have a list? Like how does journaling go for you? So I spent years being like, oh, I wish I was one of those people that kept a journal uh, and just wasn't um and then I started in in kind of the my when I started to realize the importance of mental health as well as physical health um I started a gratitude journal I did three things that I was grateful for every night before I went to bed um and that was that kind of opened up like it sort of dropped the barriers for me um and then and that was really good and I did that consistently for about 18 months really loved it um totally shifted the way that I thought about everything Mm. um and then it kind of imprinted on me and I was like I don't actually really need to write this down because I'm so I felt so much more gratitude in my day-to-day that it was kind of it was kind of there um it, it felt like it had served its purpose um and then my boyfriend had read a book called The Artist's Way which I actually have still never read but there's um a practice in there which is morning pages mm, yeah and you write three pages every single morning um and so I started um I started doing that um Depending on the size of your notebook, writing three pages every morning is really time consuming, Mm. um, which is amazing. um, But it was unrealistic as a sustainable practice for me. I just knew that in terms of what I uh, being realistic about what I could commit to. um, So I bought a smaller notebook and um, and carried it on. And and then I sort of made a commitment that for um, a month I was going to do it every day. So it didn't matter if I was going to bed 20 minutes later than I'd planned to. And I just wanted to go to sleep. If I hadn't, I'd tried to do it in the morning, but if I got to the, to bedtime and I hadn't done it, I sat in bed and I did it. And um, it just built a level of consistency and also, again, kind of reduced those barriers because I was, you've got a blank page in front of you and no idea what you write. And sometimes I would start by writing, I have no idea what to write about. And then I'd get three pages in and want to keep going. Yeah. You know, like, how did I get from there to there? Yeah. Um, and so now it's much more, I think, through that consistency and through that practice, you know, it's just not taking it too seriously, not looking for this big epiphany every time you write something down and just being like the the like total nonsense that I'm sure I've written down. Like I never look back over them. Me neither. Um, and but I was just about to ask you that. I never, yeah. ever go back. For me, it's like getting it out, writing it down. And then it's done. And literally it's like, okay, bye. Like I literally, it's like you wouldn't go back and I don't know. Have, I don't know. I just, yeah, I never have ever, go, it's not like a dear diary kind of thing, but I just feel like totally. I don't need to read it again. Totally. Um, and, and so that's been a really supportive practice that I really love to make time for in the morning because um, once I open my laptop, once I open my emails, 
go on social media I'm in work mode so if I can delay that as much as possible it really sets the tone for my day mm-hmm. um, so I'll try and do my morning pages I'll make myself a coffee but I'll really take my time over it and um, you know I'll froth milk by hand and do these things that just slow the whole process down um, and and kind of and sip that slowly and then depending on what my day looks like I'll, I'll sort of open my diary I'll make a to-do list depending on what my day looks like maybe I will just always try and get the things that I don't want hanging over me done so whether that's my emails maybe it's three loads of washing maybe it's it's just thinking about what I've got to do in that day and think right what is going to make my day easier and how do I deal with that now because I'm really really good at putting things off that I don't want to do so if I just get them done and I and I now have this kind of a, approach around um you know even things like um sitting down for dinner and then my you know knowing that the washing up is there but also that any emails coming in that I should reply to I'm like no do the washing up you know, do like the get the thing that do. you don't want to do done. Yeah. And then it doesn't hang over you. And so that's how I set the tone for my mornings. I, I get up between kind of like five to between five and six. I take some time to be slow and then I get the stuff done that I don't want to do. And then a couple of mornings um, a week I go and do um, I prefer to do my yoga practice a little bit later in the day um, once my fascia isn't so tight so like all the <laughs> my body's kind of softened a little bit from a night's sleep so um, I but I go to over the last kind of six months I've built into into this routine two days a week where I'll go and do like a reformer Pilates class and again I'll I'll walk there. So I'll walk through the park and just like allow myself to be slow about it Mm. rather than waiting till the last minute to snooze my alarm, bound out of bed, cortisol hitting the roof and then go to like a hit training. It's Mm. just, I've just learned to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very dreamy, Annie. I'm listening to you going, yeah, that sounds so, I feel relaxed just sitting here, hearing your voice. You're very calming. I think the morning helps. (laughs) I'm like, I feel great. need to impart some of this. Um, Okay, so with that in mind then, do you have a challenge for the listeners of the show? I asked the guests to give the listeners something that they could try, maybe in their morning routine, maybe some other time, but something we could all try this week. So I always used to say that my kind of number one thing for people to try is... um, is a gratitude journal but actually because you know your listeners probably know about that already and they, they probably have done some breath work um, as well or might be familiar with it but the, th- the thing that I've been coming back to a lot and I'm reminding my students of so much is how we have the best tool in the world already here like we're, we're doing it right now and it's breathing and the breath is the most amazing I'm getting really really excited about breath at the moment and, and I was just chatting with a friend of mine this morning about kind of how we can really delve into it um but something as simple as deep breathing totally shifts not only the mindset but actually what's going on like within our biology Mm -hmm. um and kind of shifting us into the parasympathetic nervous system which is our rest and digest Um, we spend so much time living in this kind of i keep coming back to kind of high cortisol living but this sort of anxious energy um very masculine very um can be quite um fast or frantic and um fight or flight almost um so breathing has the power in just a couple of breaths to be a total reset and using it in the morning I find um, can really help 
as serve as a reminder that you can come back to that at different points in the day and you don't have to be on a yoga mat you don't have to be in a fitness studio you can literally do it wherever you are standing on the tube sitting at your desk whatever it is that you're doing um just breathing in and breathing out and i find that counting the breath can be quite useful so particularly if you um kind of count the inhale and then double the count for the exhale Mm -hmm. it's a really really um uh, resetting way of breathing so like breathing in for four pause and breathe out for eight and just repeating that three breaths 30 breaths five minutes whatever you've got time for mm. really in as, as little as one breath you can notice a difference by that yeah. so yeah that's the awesome. challenge that's the challenge breathe. yeah breathe. Breathe. you're already doing it but just do it a little bit more consciously yeah focus give it some time and attention mm. do you know richie bostock the breath yes. guy yes. yes awesome i'm hoping to get him on the show because i mean i've done his breathwork classes live and also through um interactive fitness app and it's incredible and i yeah, think i've wicked. had a few people who've been kind of skeptical and gone oh for goodness sake a breath you know you're going to tell me i have to do a whole class about how to breathe i've been breathing since i was born yeah and it's almost you know what i mean it's like oh how ridiculous yeah another fad and i'm like you just do it once and then talk to me and you'll yeah. see it's so incredible yeah yeah amazing yeah okay. it's awesome richie and i are teaching together um well i don't know when this is gonna get shared okay but, cool but we're teaching together this week i'm really excited about exclusive it. Yeah. so annie tell us where people can find you online so I am under the slightly strange name of Mind Body Bowl online. I don't know where it came from, but and it's and it's followed me around ever since. Yeah. Um, but I am on Instagram. I'm on my website, mindbodybowl.co.uk. Um, Which is brilliant. Please look at it. Thank you. And I am also on on YouTube as well. So there's lots of, like you said, lots of free content on there. It doesn't feel really strongly that that yoga and well-being and and exploring that in whatever that looks like for you does not need to be um expensive or time consuming like if you've got five minutes there'll be something on there to to help you find a little bit of space for yourself in the day and yeah brilliant and my final closing question which i ask to every single guest on the show is all about time i absolutely love what you said about the time in the time zones and nobody being late or ahead because we're all on our own time and I believe truly that time is the most valuable thing you can give to another person so Mm. thank you Annie I acknowledge and appreciate you so much so what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you um gosh lots of things lots of things and that makes me feel really old and wise and (laughs) (laughs) you make me sound make me sound probably older than I am but I um I'll take it um (sighs) do you know what there is so much going around us going on around us all the time and it can be so easy to get swept up in the pace of everything else Um, but when we slow down we and find our own rhythm I think that's when we are in the most um, truest form of ourselves and when we're in that most true form of ourselves we achieve the most and that's not necessarily having the longest bio or the biggest cv but actually just authentically being connected to who we are so by slowing down and trusting that everything happens for a reason in its own time um i think that kind of gives us permission to just um yeah take our time 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Annie. Please let us know and share it with anyone who you think might need to hear Annie's message today. Remember, you can rate and review us over on iTunes as well. Thank you so much, Annie. And thanks for listening. Thank you for having me. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.